The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama. This is Radio Wave Medianomics. Today we're going to share with you an excerpt from the November 26, 2009 Medianomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. This is actually the second Medianomics broadcast that we had done. And it's interesting to hear a friend of Medjugorje speak so prophetically to the times and where we have gone since that time in 2009. When you Stand on an authority that's higher than your own, and you base your beliefs on God's word, on Our Lady's messages, then you speak from the position of authority. And a friend of Medjugorje, you will hear, is speaking not only with the authority of his own experience, but also grounded in God's word and grounded in the messages of Our Lady. And so we're sharing with you this very special Medjugorje which covers many different topics, but gives a good basis of understanding for all of those who may not understand why you might be trying to get out of debt or why you might be uh, exchanging your means of exchange to the miraculous metal Medjugorje around or why you might be downsizing or buying a piece of land and getting yourself to a simpler way of life. And so today's broadcast is not only an encouragement to you, 
but is also for all those who may be opposed to what you have been inspired to do through what you have heard a friend of Medjugorje say or what you have read. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje, November the 26th, 2009. The, the thing that we don't have today is people don't know how to count as far as their dependencies integrated to the dollar. And we've got a whole global system that's economically so tied and so tightly coupled that we've built a system that's extremely interdependent. You know, the linkages that, that exist are inseparable. And when you've got something that tightly connected, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because where there's a flu on one end, then it comes to the other end. And with electronic money and the way we're so integrated, it's lightning speed across the world. And that's why they're watching the markets across the overseas. It's happening several hours before hours. What's going to happen here? And then they're watching hours of the day after that to see what they're going to do the next day. And we've gone from a society where we were independent. And there was the family's welfare depended upon their household and how they ran things. You still see that some of the immigrants coming to the United States, they'll pool up their money, they'll all move in a house, two or three families, or either they'll have several people that live there just as acquaintances, basically, to share the rent, and they, they build from that point. And we don't have that today. Everybody wants everything now, so they finance, which is part of the slavery and problem we're suffering from now. And through that situation, they become integrated into the system. So if the system catches flu, you catch a flu. And now we're so tightly connected worldwide that it's very, very dangerous for all the nations. And so that's why this thing that happened in the United States dominoed into the other nations. And it's just some common sense. A lady said in the message this past year, it was, I think, where she said, God's word is the light of common sense. And who is God's words? John wrote, in the beginning, the word was made flesh. What was made flesh? The word. What is the word? God's word. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself is the light of common sense. And of course, Allah says God's word is the light of salvation and the light of common sense. But take out the light of salvation and Jesus is just plain common sense. And the economic system as it exists now is not common sense. And so the purpose of this show is to bring people back to a common sense thinking it don't make sense to go mortgage a house that's $100,000 and pay back $300,000. That doesn't, that's not common sense. And in fact, it's not only foolish, it's actually stupid. Now, am I calling everybody stupid out there? Well, we've been duped into a system and through our lack of prayer, through our lack of being thoughtful, through our lack of common sense, we've gone along with the thing, acting on our desires, because we want the house and we're willing to be lied to. We know it's a lie if we looked at the numbers, but we're blinded to it because we foresee, you know, if it's said in the scriptures, pride blinds, and it does, could we not also say desire blinds? And it does because people go into situations and bind themselves in, in these contracts that just make no sense at all. But the desire, the want is so much that you willing to accept that lie. And when you really back up and you look at it and you see what you're paying, it's a lie. And you know it's a lie if you look at it with common sense. But again, desire covers that up. You don't want to hear what the banker tells you except in a positive way. He don't want to tell you what he's telling you except in a positive way. And so it goes from through the accounting all the way through the whole system. And this integration that we're a part of 
really needs to be stepped back from and look at the situation and say, I want to back out of that. You say, well, we can't back out of the system. Well, our lady's told us you built the whole new world without God. You know, our lady says in another message, you want peace and satisfaction, but without Jesus. First, you go to Jesus. First, you go to the light of common sense. You go his way. Joseph didn't say, oh, Mary, we got to get married. Let me go to the bank and let me borrow, you know, 300 pieces of silver to build us a little place. You know, they didn't work that way. And one thing that really impressed me on my first visit to Medjugorje is I had been corrupted by the system. Even though my dad had pushed at you, he always would say the best credit you can have is bad credit. I mean, that was his, I heard this a hundred times. The best credit's bad credit. Why? Because then you won't be able to finance anything. And the only way to make it is you just got to save your pennies and scrounge and get by and buy the old car and buy, get a little more money and buy a better car and then get a little more money and buy a new car. And what I often say here, build your house one room at a time. But because we want it all now, we let our desires turn into lust that we're willing to sell our soul, basically, financially. So you will never get away from the system. But one thing that impressed me about Medjugorje is what I was corrupted by is I thought to make it, you might have, have to have hundreds of acres or at least 100 acres to live on. And I was shocked. The first family I stayed with, they had probably a couple of acres. They had the meat. They had the cow. They had the hogs. They had milk every day. They ate very good, simple, but the food was very, very good. And they had the wine, the great vineyard. And I was amazed at this. I was amazed that the village basically was very independent. The only cash they got was some tobacco. And interesting enough, because they did that to get cash or for the dollars or, or back then the dinars, they worked to get that underneath this communist regime. And that was the only cash they had. And yeah, you'll always have to have this for trading outside their local economy. But their economy was that their wealth was their animals. I know I've spoken about this before. Maria's mother, we call her Micah. That means mother in creation. Several years ago, she got to where she could walk and keep her goats and sheep, and she had to get rid of them, and she was distraught because that was her wealth. Wealth was measured by the animals that you had because if you could eat, you could put a roof over your head, you could put clothes on your back from your sheep and the wool. What else did you need? See, we've been duped thinking it's money. It's not money. It's having the ability to live with a roof over your head, eat good, be with your families. And so they move from this agrarian system into the system they have now. Very few people have that in Medjugorje. But the most impressive thing when we went to Medjugorje, and I'm sure our lady partly chose this and wanted this to be seen, for those of us that were there in the beginning, is their simple life was beautiful. And it's changed. Money has changed that, and they're more integrated into it. They're dependent on many other things. They hated tobacco. And it's interesting, that was tied to the dollar. But I never heard him talk about they hated everything else. It was hard. I know Rushka's, Rushka, which is Maria's sister, had to, in the 70s during a drought, had to drive a wagon all the way with Chitlip just to get water back and forth with their horse in a wagon. They did this all day long, daylight and daylight to dark, just to get water. And that was hard. But Maria says often, sometimes they'd be crying in the fields working so hard. But she said they stepped late to midnight. They were so happy. So this labor, this hard thing, not that everybody's going to have to go to that. I mean, if you go through Amish country, you know, they've built their system. To build a system is very difficult. And you don't want to build a system when the system has collapsed. You want to position yourself as a common sense and say, what can I do now? How can I change my situation now? And so a lot of the basis for this show is to get you to start thinking differently. 
We're going to give you solid material to start researching. Salatin was one of them who does, uh, who has farming in Virginia, who actually has a really incredible system with the land. And I think I spoke about him last week or before. He, he has people making $20,000 a year out of the garage in a subdivision. They get rid of the roosters and they're just laying eggs. He has to haul everything out in the car, the, the trunk of the car. We attended a conference he had just to hear him. And uh, he's quite funny, but it, but he had pictures of this. And so the food chain is the most important thing to do. We have summers, summers now, June, July, and August, directly tied for the purpose of working the soil and working the lands. This is where this came from. This wasn't just dreamed up. Oh, okay, let's give the kids time off. They knew the most important thing was their food chain and their ability to live. It wasn't just to have pleasure. Most important thing now is Saturday football. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. I see all the wasted labor on Saturdays, what people are doing. And I'm telling you, you're going to regret this. You're going to regret it very deeply that you're not doing what you need to be doing now. And for those that hear this program in the future, a year, two, three years from now, you're going to regret all those wasted hours that you could have been on a system. Because if you haven't worked during the week, Saturdays could be your day for canning or growing or positioning yourself, or having a place in the country that you can be building something, or changing the way you live, or learning trades, learning to work with your hands. People say, well, I'm not physically fit to work with my hands, or I'm too old for that. Well, it's true, but you still can join with things within the city with your people. You can bring agrarian life back to the city. It's ludicrous not to do this. And indeed, we have this. We have, we've heard from several places where now city ordinances are changing to allow animals. The Italians in New York kept rabbits. Why? Because rabbits bred like rats. The meat was a lot better, though, if you have to eat that. And you might be eating rats before it's over with. But I prefer rabbits. But they could produce where they had meat twice a week, three times a week, right in their backyard. They grew fast. They feed them quickly. They, they were efficient. And so uh, this was a normal thing. But as we man grew more refined and he didn't want the smells and he wanted the city life and all the smell it brought with it with the sin, he exchanged that. But one positive thing we see is a, a different change in attitude to realize that now we got chickens. Well, I'm sure within a year we might be seeing people can keep hogs in the city and you better be able to fight for that. I mean, Medjugorje, when we first got there, everybody had a little 10 by 10 cement area where they kept the two hogs. And it was fun this time of year, right now, you'd walk through Medjugorje if you were there in November, and you see everybody killing all their hogs. And that was the meat, that was the prosciutto, that was the smokehouses. And it's just such a quality of life. It's joy. Yeah, we just killed about three or 400 chickens just a couple of weeks ago. And it's a social thing with this. Everybody's together. All the youth, the boys and the girls, everybody's out there part of it. And there's memories created. It's not always pleasant in the way that you think, but, but you can talk to each other. It's time we're grouping together. It's time the community comes together. And there's something to that, to life. It's a simple life. And these are the things that Maria speaks about. And we've spoken to her twice yesterday for the 25th message and just about some things. And it's beautiful in the sense that her life, you know, she was raised this way. She lives in Italy now, and it's, of course, in the city, but she still misses this and longs for this. And when she goes to Medjugorje, she has that. But the thing is, is you say, okay, yeah, all right, I know all these things. This is nice fluff and, and maybe hot air talking about. But you've got to grow in love with and long for that kind of life to, 
to get to that point? How do you make those physical steps? Uh, there's a lot of ways to it. I and mean, the first way is common sense. The first way is thinking, what can I change in my life? Am I really productive on my Saturdays? Uh, Saturdays is our Saturday work day. We work for five days for God in the community. And the kids and youth work on the, some of the agrarian side. But our, our, our big day for the community is that one day. And we've been gifted to following the messages to work five days for God and one day for ourselves. And the whole community's effort on, on a Saturday is for the community. And you can start that way. You can look at what you're doing on your Saturdays. And if you don't do anything, go to Amish country and see what they're doing. Not that you have to imitate that perfectly, but that would breed inspiration. It would, it would show you something. And it would show you, the, it would give in your heart something maybe I need to be thinking a different way. And we're in the time of grace. Now's the time to poise yourself, position yourself to get to this point. And one thing is, is, as we've already said, is get out of debt. You have to start working on that. What's good is saving money. What good is it? Maria's mother's wealth was in her animals. People's wealth was in that. If you look at Lot and Abraham and who was it? Was it Isaac that, that grew and prospered in all the animals with Jacob? He agreed to have worked for seven years and then he got tricked and he didn't get the wife on it. So he had to work for Rachel for another seven years. And, but in that time, he, he grew tremendously in wealth. And the wealth was measured not by silver, not by gold, not by something else, but by the animals he had. Are you saying I'm advocating that? No, just think about what kids are fascinated with and what we do. We've exchanged everything for real, for artificial what do you buy the kids when they're little babies and infants? Little titty bears. A little stuffed dog. Little stuffed animals. You should see our kids when they see a live chicken or a little piglet. Why? Because that's in, that's in us as, as man. That's in us. And so we live a whole facade of something fake for something that's real. I, I just carried my little granddaughter, Victoria, up to St. Michael's statue in here. She looked at this fierce look, serious look of St. Michael. She turned away from it. She's frightened of it. But it, it just says so much of their innocence in there, you know, being just a year and a half. How old is she? A year and a half. So she has this in her, but same with animals. Uh, they're just completely fascinating. You can see all the people in the community she can, but when she sees animals, just like she's hypnotized. And these animals are moving. They're not stuffed. And so there's so much they're learning. And just before we went on the show, I looked outside and there, she's crawling out on the ground with other five or six-year-olds. And they're free. And they're looking at everything from pine straw to to bugs. You know, we don't have this anymore. You might say, well, I go to a park. But, you know, it's not the same thing. Our ladies come us to a life of simplicity. And all this has to do with finances, everything. And so we have right now this integrated system. And we were so caught up in and having things and going the system's way, buying the lie, finance, or trying to do this. And China's just doing just the opposite. They're following the light of common sense, even though they're not Christian. They're telling all the people, transfer everything you got into silver. Does that mean we just hoard silver? No, the purpose of putting it temporary in silver is to have something because you don't have the money. And from there, you can exchange that for animals or lands or whatever. Or, or in your subdivision, turn that into a grand way. Everybody garden. Everybody go do be gleamers. Make a community effort in your subdivision. After all, in Medjugorje, the houses were tightly compacted in little villages. It wasn't that they had their house around 20 acres or in the middle of a 10-acre plot. 
they're all one house after another. Maria's village, if you've been there, her house in the village of Biakovici is one house after another. Their fields are out from that. They walk to the fields. If you go to Switzerland, it's, it's incredible. They have these areas that the public lands have. They got their garden huts and they got these magnificent gardens and you see chairs out there. They just go out there and sit sometimes and look at the garden because they get so much enjoyment and joy from that and they grow their own food. And so our food chain is poisoned and everything we do, we, we're so integrated. And the main thing to start on this walk is to see how can I get out of the system? What can I make exchanges? Do I have a second home? And I know a lot of people out there don't even have their own home paid for. But there are a lot of people out there that don't want to give up what they have or a place on the river. Just think of the maintenance and what you're spending. If you have to sell that to get out of debt, sell it. And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you what I would do. Everything I tell you is not financial advice. It's just a spiritual life. As I said on the last week's show, when our lady called me, I was free, unencumbered, unentangled, unintegrated. Now, did I need dollars? Yeah, and the mission still needs dollars. But we have been looking from the day one character I started because in business, I was looking at being away from the dollar as much as possible. We'll never get away from that exchange completely. But I can tell you the dollar is going down. Handwriting on the wall, you must start research on this. Start looking at these things, especially those who use Internet. Do research what is happening. Don't buy into the lie of what the accountants, the bankers, and the attorneys tell us. Use your common sense and realize I need to get out of this system or as far as away. And the further you are away from it, when it falls, the less height you'll be falling from. And so it's very critically important that we understand that the first steps I have to take in this financial walk is how do I undo myself? Can I undo myself? You know, you got people that are so in debt, they can't do that. But the only way to do it is just, just reduce that. Go down to nothing. Find somebody's place that's got an extra trailer or a house and live in it and help them own their land or something. Just the main thing is what can you do? So we must realize that the system as we know it has been built up on our lives. Usually you say a quote, you always say the name afterwards, but I'm going to tell you before this quote, it's out from Adolf Hitler. Because I want you to be thinking about Adolf Hitler when you hear what he said. He said, through clever and constant application of propaganda, people can be made to see paradise as hell. And also the other way around. To consider the most wretched sort of life as paradise. It's incredible. We, we live, we got everything we want. We can go in there and walk into your kitchen, walk into your bathroom on, on a cold morning and turn on one little tap and within a few seconds have hot water. Anytime 24-7 you want it. For very few pennies for the efficiency. What they were running a power company campaign last year, I think it said to take a shower is 10 cents. Can you imagine that? Ten cents. It's not needing money. And for a king a thousand years ago to have that luxury that I want to be able to go take a shower anytime I want to. Of course, they didn't have showers, probably baths. But anytime I want to, can you imagine the, the, the army it took of hauling the logs in, keeping the water hot for him, running that 24-7 and having everything going? Can you imagine the resources to do that? We can do that for a dime that's worthless now. Ten cents. Really, we have paradise and we don't even recognize it. And we see everything is bad. And so this season of Thanksgiving, this season of gratefulness, we don't even count our blessings anymore. And we're going to lose those blessings. 
Why? Because we have a corrupt view of them. We used them for our desires, and with that we're not content. There's a spirit of discontentment, an evil spirit of discontentment. Who's content? They want more. They want the next thing. And you say, well, I don't. I'm content with this. I do. Look in your life. Really be honest. Our lady said she's conveyed to us through the messages, the spirit of her messages, you see this theme. With seriousness, look at your hearts. Go way down. Drop her off pretense. Drop ego. Really look at your hearts. Are you really content? Oh, a lot of people say these things haven't made me happy. I was listening to a lady on a Christian show yesterday on the radio saying, you know, I tried to find things in external things. I had the most wonderful husband. Very kind, very considerate. So she wanted to have everything in beauty. She wanted this and cut her hair. She got that haircut. She cut it next time. She'd get the next haircut. And then she bankrupt on that and realized it wasn't in material things. So then she wanted to go on activities to help people. So she started doing that and she saw all we did was gossip and all these women got together and she didn't have it. She finally found out when she had this inner serenity in her heart that she had to change her heart. She had to go there to find it. And so we just change spiritual for the material. And the world operates that way. And then when you're integrated to that, you, you're never going to be happy. And again, Hitler's quote, through clever and constant applications of propaganda, this is so you need to buy this. You need to go in debt. Zero financing. You never would have heard that 30 years ago. To sit there and say, go buy furniture and pay for it in 2011, when 2010 is coming up, how, how could that even be? But by the craft of the devil that they sell the original product so high that they're willing to float you on your loan and you don't even make your first payment. Does it make any common sense to you to buy a piece of furniture? I mean, can you imagine furniture? I would go on public land where they allow you to cut trees and cut them down and do it by hand before I'd go finance something and start paying my first payment two years from now. It don't make any sense to sell my soul in the future. I, just, I can't reconcile that. I don't know how you can or, or people out there do that. And now don't even buy the furniture, rent the furniture. I tell you what I would do. I would live in an apartment with no furniture. I'd find something. I'd, put, I'd glue some sticks together, something. I, I just, I can't think that way. But society does. Why? Because through clever and constant application of propaganda, it's old to you. This is your right. You're right to get this. You're right to have health care. You're right. It goes on and on, never stopping. We don't have a right to anything. Years ago, I heard Buchanan, the great conservative thinker, who they say the father of conservatism, he said something incredible. He's, that he was in a debate, and he says, you're not even old. They were talking about in poverty and people in the world, that they're old, housing and all this. He says, no, you're not. And the guy on the left says, yes, people have a right to house. He says, no. You know, children don't even have a right to be in a house. That's not owed to you. And it was an incredible statement he said because he says there's people in the world that live completely outside without even a hut. It's the, it's the how they live. Of course, that was 20, 30 years ago. And he said they're completely happy. But his point was not so much that they, they, they shouldn't, but the environment should be made that if they want that, they can earn that. And so we have an entitlement mentality and now we're looking to the government to solve our problems. That's the first place you've got to go away from. The government can't serve you, can't build economy. Only you can build economy. Only you can do what I've spoken about the families years ago that inspired me because I thought that way probably before I even got, or right after I got married over 30 plus years ago who made $70,000 a year combined income, had $100,000 or whatever in their equity of their house but they still owed a lot on it, or another 100000 They sold that, 
They can for a whole year, bought a tent, stopped at school bus stop and also city stop, got rid of the vehicles, all insurance, everything, lived in a tent for one year, saved every penny they earned, ended up with $170,000, then bought the place debt-free in 12 months. 12 months they did that. Did you know you can do that? Did you know you can do everything right now and start canning and do it? Your supply of groceries or food, you can can meats. You can do that and move into a tent. Get rid of your vehicles. Get rid of everything. And 12 months, if you've got some kind of income, $30,000, a year, $50,000 a year, get our equity. If you have to do it for two years, do you know how fast two years passes by? How short ago was yesterday's Christmas? In 12 months, this family changed their situation. And in some ways, we did that here on our land. We moved into a smaller mobile home, not a, not a grand-sized mobile home. I told that story last week, some of that. But you can do it. But where is the spirit of sacrifice to have a greater, secure future? We don't do that because, oh, I would never do that. What would my friends think? Poppycock what they think. Who cares what they think? You're the one that's going to be free. You're the one that's going to be secure. You're the one that may even have money to go out to eat and they won't. So we've got to have a different mentality. Metanoia, conversion means metanoia. Metanoia means change of mentality. We have to change our mentality about how we approach everything. Well, I've got to have a house. I tell you, you could find, you could find junk out there to live in. I know my oldest son, when he went, moved out of the state and got a very good real estate job right off the bat after working cattle, and they liked him, and he got a job. He moved into a place that was junk. I mean, we went in there, and it was wintertime, and there was cracks. You could see straight outside. That hot water heater was in the bathroom right next to the toilet, and it was leaning sideways. The, the drafts could blow right through the little place. It was really small. And I says, this is fantastic. You're making a lot of income, and you got this junk house. And they were letting them live there free. Said, Don't move. Don't move. This is perfect. Your debt, what you owe, what, what you're living, your, way, your price of cost of living is nothing. And so find some place like that. You think it's bad? You, you could. I know I read last year the group Country Band Alabama. I was reading about them. And Randy Owens, then he got married. They moved into a place up in Fort Plain, Alabama, two hours from here. And they had hit it big. And they had already had a couple of number one hit records. And their house was so drafty, the little hut that they had moved into, basically a little shanty almost. One of them in the band had laid carpet, so they had extra carpet. And they came over and stapled carpet all around the sides of the wall of the house. You know, within a week, people were driving by in big fancy cars and saying, walked up to his wife while she was outside and says, is this where Andy Owens lives? And she said, yeah. And they lived there for some time before they, making it big. Before they could build their house now, you could ride past it in Fort Payne. But things relative, you know, people that make a lot of money are spending a lot of money. But nobody thinks about it because you make a lot of money. Live very cheap. Pay as you go. But the main catalyst is, is start adopting a new mentality. Start looking at things a new way. We've done that here for 30. When I turned 16, I'm telling you, I was trying to get away from the dollar. I've been doing that now for, for 40 years or so. Plus, getting away, and I'm not away from the dollar, but we're very independent. We're not integrated. Even our mission is structured this way, and that's why Caritas has flourished and why we're able to do what we do. And why we can take a dollar now and turn it in sometimes to $100 worth of effort. Well, we can actually do in this mission for $1. Another nonprofit may take $100 to do. You say, how can that be? Well, you don't understand that because you're in a system thinking the wrong way. But if you thought our way, if you're following our way, you'd be able to do that. 
So we want to leave you always, as we do, is point you to the message, look at it, that these things are for a change of life. We're going to experience a catastrophic change of life from one moment to the next, I believe. So we end with this thought. Our Lady says, in this time of grace, change your life. If you do that and you're walking with her direction, her way, you're pointed in the right direction. And if we had this catastrophic change of life, which I believe is going to happen from one moment to the next, and you're already walking the way, you won't have to turn around way back the other point that you've already changed your direction and start from scratch. So this is the time, this is the moment to act. And this is a thought I want to leave you with. Words of encouragement from a friend of Medjugorje to get unencumbered, unentangled, unintegrated, as a friend of Medjugorje says, to look at the world with a common sense way of thinking. and in a world today that's exchanged what's real for what's artificial to go back to what is real, to go back to what is truth, to go back to what is God. Uh, for more encouragement, for more strength, uh, we encourage you to read. It ain't going to happen. You can order on medj.com. Just go to medj.com and under the books by a friend of Medjugorje, you'll see it ain't going to happen. If you have not already read that, if you have already read, it ain't going to happen. It's a good time to go back this summer and to spend time going into that, going into the principles of what it is that Our Lady's leading us to, which is a return to truth. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave, good day and God bless. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.